Welcome in, everyone, to the final weekly Dynasty main show of the regular season. It's been a pleasure to bring this show to you throughout the season. During the offseason, we're going to focus on shorter videos, maybe do some more mock drafts. But this is our last breakdown of NFL regular season action for Dynasty Fantasy Football. Of course, if you like what we're doing, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and hit that notifications bell so you can be notified about all future content. With that said, let's jump into the news. The only real non-coaching news or injury news was that Dalvin Cook signed with the Ravens. This is purely a ring-chasing move. He can be cut from most dynasty rosters. I don't care about Dalvin Cook. A couple of injuries. Gabe Davis has a PCL sprain. Suffered that in the Sunday night game. Don't know if he's going to be back for the playoffs. I would lean probably not. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see how he heads into free agency. I'm not optimistic that he's going to get a big deal, but I don't think he's going to be back with the Bills. It just seems like the offense suddenly woke up when Gabe Davis went out. I don't know. As for Sam Laporta, we talked about him a little bit on five takeaways, and I suggest you watch that. He might play next week, according to <laughs> head coach Dan Campbell. I highly doubt that. I would be stunned if he plays next week. but. He does not have a torn ACL. It's a hyperextended knee and bone bruise. He should be fine for 2024, and I'm all in on him. Now, coaching. Commanders fired Ron Rivera. This was as good as done. I felt like I think we all knew that Ron Rivera was not coming back. So, you know, they're going to cast a wide net for a new coach. I saw Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick were on their list. So we'll see who they hire. Falcons fired Arthur Smith. I talked this to death yesterday. Please check it out. Uh, I ripped him to shreds and I would do it all again if I had more time. But wheels up for everyone on the Falcons because it literally can't be worse than it was under Arthur Smith. Panthers fired general manager Scott Fitterer. The Panthers are a disgraceful organization. Uh, I don't have much hope for the Panthers. They have no first-round pick. Bryce Young kind of sucks. I guess it is Scott Fitterer's fault. He is the one who made the trade. Trade up to the number one pick. So he deserved to be fired. We'll see who they bring in at general manager. But the Panthers, I'm not optimistic about anyone there. We're going to talk about how bad they looked in week 18 a little bit later. And this last one, I think, is the most interesting. The Titans fired Mike Vrabel. They didn't try to trade him because it would take it would be too hard. That's not good. That's really bad. <laughs> this was a terrible decision. Mike Vrabel was not the reason why they were losing. Uh, it was the incompetent personnel department. So this is not going to solve anything. This is not going to fix any problems. Uh, you know, if it wasn't obvious enough that Derrick Henry's gone, it should be obvious now. Probably increases the likelihood that someone like DeAndre Hopkins is on a new team next year. But the Titans are a total teardown. They're going to try to build around Will Levis for this first year. And if that doesn't work, they'll be moving on to another quarterback for 2025. Now, uh, we're going to break down every game. And, of course, the best way to get my full Dynasty advice is on the Patreon. Link's in the top right corner. In the comments below, patreon.com slash fantasy advice. You can get 
all of my advice on demand. You don't have to wait for the video. So that's the best way to get that. And then, of course, please check out the other content on the channel. We had the five takeaways video yesterday. We also had my Dynasty stashes. It's breaking records. Please make sure to check all of that out. With that said, let's jump into each game. We'll start with the Steelers and Ravens. Uh, the Ravens didn't do much, but the Steelers, they won. They made it to playoffs. My big takeaway for the Steelers, George Pickens vanished from the receiver course. He didn't even have a target in this game. I don't know what happened here. I think we have to accept that this receiving group is going to be frustrating in Dynasty forever. Right now, I have George Pickens ranked at Dynasty wide receiver 26. I just kind of don't trust him. I think a bunch of rookies are going to come in ahead of him. Deontay Johnson's even lower. I'm just not that interested in this receiver group. But if George Pickens is punished for this end-of-the-year performance, maybe uh, he'll be a little bit of a buy. We'll see. As for the Ravens, the Ravens didn't play any starters. So there's literally no takeaways from the Ravens. The only thing I'm really watching is what happens next season when Mark Andrews is back. Is Isaiah likely going to still get involved like he was after Mark Andrews get, got hurt? Or will it be like when Mark Andrews was in and Isaiah likely was literally an afterthought? But as for this game, there were no takeaways for the Ravens. Texans and Colts. The Texans won, and they made it to the playoffs. Division champions after the Jaguars lost. There's really not much negative about the Texans. You know, we talk about C.J. Stroud, Devin Singletary, Nico Collins, but I wanted to focus on Nico Collins. He had nine catches, 195 yards, and a touchdown on nine targets, 84% snap share. He, you know, kind of took over. I think the real question people are going to be asking is, do you prefer Nico Collins or Tank Dell? When Tank Dell was in, Tank Dell was better. But Nico Collins has been absolutely exceptional with Tank Dell out. Right now, I have Nico Collins at Dynasty Wide Receiver 22, Tank Dell at Dynasty Wide Receiver 21. And I know that seems low for Nico Collins. I think, you know, part of me is still a little bit skeptical that it took until year three to really see it. The Texans obviously need other weapons on the team. They don't have anything beyond uh, Collins and Dell. So we'll see. But. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Nico Collins could be a value at that price. I'm also a little bit worried that, you know, when Dell was in, Dell was the favorite. So we'll see. I have them both in that range. And we'll kind of see how it plays out, how the offseason plays out, and what the Texans do at wide receiver. As for the Colts, Josh Downs, this is a serious concern for me. With Anthony Richardson, they're going to run the ball more and more not less and less. And Josh Downs never, and I mean never, challenged for play in two wide receiver sets. Never. He played a 68% snap share in this game. He does not come on the field in two wide receiver sets. Michael Pittman played 100% of snaps. Alec Pierce, 97. I don't know why they think that that's wise, but that's what they're doing. Josh Downs comes in only in, 11 personnel, and they don't play 11 personnel like 90% of the time. So in this offense, if Josh Downs is only playing 69% of snaps, he's not going to get there. He had three catches for 48 yards on three targets. 
it's just going to be inconsistent. You're not ever going to be able to trust Josh Downs. It sucks because he's a really, really good player. But because the situation is just kind of not great, he only has third round draft capital. So he's not guaranteed anything kind of like by the NFL. I only have him at dynasty wide receiver 35. And that's obviously without any rookies involved. So we'll see. Hopefully he can kind of take a step forward and overcome the odds being against him. But something that would really help would be beyond the field more. Because if you're on the field more, you have more opportunities for targets, more opportunities for production. And it really would improve his dynasty value. Jets versus Patriots. This entire game was mostly a waste of time. I talked about Brees Hall yesterday on the five takeaways. He was my big positive takeaway from this game. Uh, but as for the Jets, I'm most focused on Aaron Rodgers needs to come back and he needs to play well next year. Otherwise, this team is going to be a disaster. There's really this game in the snow other than Brees Hall. There's nothing really to talk about from the Jets. As for Ezekiel Elliott on the Patriots, I liked what he's shown down the stretch. He actually doesn't look horrible. I think he'll have a 2024 job somewhere. He had 13 carries for 40, for 54 yards. Five catches for 27 in this game. 93% snap share. I never thought Ezekiel Elliott could do that. Uh, but he did. He'll have some sort of role because it's clear he can step into that starting job in a pinch and will be a good backup for somebody. Could be right back here. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots decide to run it back with Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. But that's kind of the only bright spot on the Patriots in this game. That Nothing went well in the snow for them. Let's move on to the Browns versus the Bengals. The Browns played almost no starters, so only stash players saw time. But Pierre Strong, I will say, looked good. He looked just as good as Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. He had 14 carries for 65 yards, 51% snap share. He's a dynasty stash. We always want these talented running backs on the back of our roster. As for the Bengals, I talked about Andre Yoshivash on the five takeaways video. I thought that was the main bright spot. But Joe Mixon made his case to stay the Bengals starter or to be a starter elsewhere. He had 14 carries for 111, one, 111 yards and a touchdown and a touchdown through the air. 55% snap share. The benching of Joe Mixon for Chase Brown, we never got there. The Bengals are out of the playoffs. They never went to Chase Brown as the starter. Joe Mixon is under contract for next year. It's an expensive contract. I think it's kind of up in the air. Again, probably if he's willing to take a pay cut, he'll probably be back. If he's not, he'll probably be gone. But he still looks good. I think Joe Mixon is going to be in the NFL next year as a starter, at least to begin the year. Although I'm not sure that he's going to, you know, hold up once again. But I haven't dropped him out of my dynasty rankings as far as I have some other older running backs. Moving into the Vikings and the Lions. Uh, the Vikings, they had kind of an interesting performance. Justin Jefferson went off 12 catches, 192 yards and a touchdown. But I kind of, we know Justin Jefferson's good. We know Jordan Addison's good. The offense needs TJ Hawkinson. The main thing I wanted to focus on was Ty Chandler remained the lead back over Alexander Madison. Chandler had 12 carries for 69 yards, two catches for 20 yards, 53% snap share. Madison, seven carries, 24 yards, one catch for five yards, just 32% of snaps. I don't think that 
either of these guys is the 2024 starter. If it's one of them, it's Ty Chandler. It's not Alexander Madison. But I just think that these guys are just okay. Ty Chandler's just okay. Alexander Madison is bad. I think that they have to add a running back to this room, and I think they're going to add someone who, if it's not maybe the starter week one, they intend to be the starter, either a day two player or a free agent of a relatively high quality. Like if Devin Singletary were signed here, I would consider that Devin Singletary would be number one, Ty Chandler number two, and Alexander Madison number three, just as an example. Now, moving into the Lions, I talked about Sam Laporta on the five takeaways video and earlier. Hopefully his injury is not too serious. But the other thing I want to talk about is the backfield. And it's been split again. David Montgomery, 10 carries, 40 yards and a touchdown, 49% of snaps. Jameer Gibbs, just a little bit more. 13 carries, 30 yards and a touchdown, 51% of snaps. But what is terrifying is that there were zero catches for the backfield. Zero throughout the whole game. And that's even with Laporta going down. I think that they prefer to use Sam Laporta as their short area target over Jameer Gibbs. I am, look, Jameer Gibbs is still a high-end dynasty asset. But we saw this week that Brees Hall is ahead of Jameer Gibbs. I have Jameer Gibbs at dynasty running back three. Bijan, I still have at one. Brees Hall at two. And Gibbs at three. I don't think Jameer Gibbs is ever going to be like a workhorse back. Brees Hall had 37 carries this week. That will never happen. Jameer Gibbs will never have 37 carries. That, that's not possible. So we have to just realize that Jameer Gibbs is a slight tick down from someone like Brees Hall. They're not quite the same player. One of those two is a workhorse with receiving skills. The other is an excellent dynamic back with receiving skills, but not a workhorse. And that's the difference between you know, Jameer Gibbs and Brees Hall, but there's no rookie running backs in this class better than Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is going to be the dynasty RB3 throughout the off season. Jaguars versus Titans. Well, Jaguars went out with a whimper. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was actually okay in this game, but he's going to be blamed for this loss, probably unfairly. But that's kind of not what I want to talk about from the Jaguars and the dynasty perspective. There's been a lot of debate about this in one of my group chats and other places. It's been talked about. Travis Etienne, this was his third year, second year playing, but his third year of his rookie contract. Once again, he was just kind of okay. He had 16 carries for 57 yards, five catches for 30 yards, 66% snap share. He's way better than Tank Bigsby or Dearness Johnson. That isn't the debate. That's not the debate. It's not him compared to those two players. The debate is, is Travis Etienne, who's now eligible for a contract renegotiation, is he worth a big running back contract? And the answer is no, he's not. Definitely not. Jonathan Taylor signed a three-year deal for $42 million. He's not worth anywhere near that. Maybe. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Remember, the Raiders declined Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option. They ended up franchise tagging him, which was only a couple million more. But they had the option to move on from him if they wanted. Do the Jaguars pick up that fifth-year option? I don't think it's a guarantee. I think they could play hardball with Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne is not like Josh Jacobs. The offense doesn't run through Travis Etienne. The offense runs through Trevor Lawrence. And that's what it should do. So they could play hardball with Travis Etienne. This situation 
could end up being ugly because I really just don't think that Travis Etienne is worth a big running back contract. He's just not. He's replaceable. You might take two people to replace his workhorse production that he gave you this year, but he was not that great on that production. He wasn't super efficient. So he's someone where his dynasty value is divorced from reality. I've seen him as a borderline first-round startup pick in one QB. I have him multiple rounds lower. I just He's just not the kind of player I invest in. I don't invest in a player like that. You can get, you know, less risky running back production for a similar price with players like Jonathan Taylor. Or you can just kind of go lower and and get running backs for cheaper, kind of fire multiple shots at cheaper running backs. Travis Etienne is in that no man's land of players. I just, I'll never have Travis Etienne on the dynasty team. Um, Anyway, speaking of running backs, uh, (laughs) Derrick Henry, I will say he looked okay. Looked pretty good. 19 carries for 153 yards and a touchdown, 65% snaps. I think Derrick Henry has, when it comes to the running backs of who has what left of the older guys, he's a clear free agent. doesn't have any contract to deal with. So I think that'll give him an advantage. I think he'll sign somewhere. He has more left than someone like Austin Eckler. Derrick Henry, I think, will sign somewhere for a two-down roll. He'll be you know, a mid RB2 next year. I think he'll still be usable. You just have to have proper expectations. But I did like that he was great in this audition for a new team. And any hope of him coming back was extinguished by Mike Vrabel's firing, which I could talk about forever. Let's move into the, uh, the Falcons and the Saints. So it was Arthur Smith's, uh, ignominious swan song. He was embarrassment. <laughs> I'm just so glad he got fired. I talked about the Falcons so much yesterday, but the one thing I would kind of hint at was John o. Smith. John o. Smith was, you know, obviously had been in Tennessee familiarity with Arthur Smith. That's probably why he was here. I think he played pretty well this year. I, I know it was frustrating his usage, but I think he was clearly his usage was not what drove me nuts. It was mostly the running back usage with Bijan Robinson. Jonu Smith was, I mean, they had Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Jonu Smith was clearly their fourth best option. He was should have been on the field. His usage was not a big issue for me. So I do think with Arthur Smith gone, is the new coach going to want Jonu Smith to pay this much money to a tight end two? Probably not. So I think he could be a cap casualty. He could find a new team. And I think he could have some success there. He was successful this year at times. So he's someone in Dynasty I would look at maybe rostering on the back of your roster and then selling when he signs in his new location. As for the Saints, Kendrick Miller. He looked good. 13 carries, 73 yards in touchdown, and a catch for six yards. In contrast, Jamal Williams behind the same offensive line looked horrible. 14 carries for 26 yards. He got that one Bush League touchdown. I get it. You know, I like running up the score, but not out of victory formation. I don't like that. So it was kind of crazy that that happened. But Jamal Williams looked horrible. Saints are very strange. They can't save any money by releasing either Jamal Williams or Alvin Kamara in 2024. But Jamal Williams has no role. I I don't know what he's supposed to do. He's looked horrible all year. 
So I think that despite the money invested in Jamal Williams, the Saints have to have Kendra Miller as the RB2. And that since Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams are both going to be 29 and 30, he's Kendra Miller is a player who could have opportunities sooner rather than later. So he's a good stash on dynasty rosters with the potential to gain value. Buccaneers versus the Panthers. So, well, I mean, this was kind of a putrid game. I mean, what was it? Nine, nothing. Not a lot of excitement. Baker Mayfield was hurt, so it kind of hampered the Buccaneers offense. The Buccaneers, I want to look at Rashad White. He went 19 carries, 75 yards, just okay. Four catches, 18 yards, just okay. 74% snaps. I'd be careful with Rashad White in 2024. Rashad White is just okay. It's just volume. It's a worse version of Travis Etienne. I think Travis Etienne is better. It's a much better player than Rashad White. I think Rashad White, well, I don't think Rashad White is going to be replaced. I think Rashad White is going to get a backfield mate that sees real touches, unlike Chase Edmonds, Sean Tucker, and Keyshawn Vaughn managed to do this year. So I am concerned about Rashad White. I don't think Rashad White is really all that great. As for the Panthers, I mean, there's nothing nice to say about them. Bryce Young had 94 passing yards on 18 attempts. I mean, it's terrible. They didn't look like an NFL team. Chuba Hubbard was their one bright spot. He had 81% snap share. Miles Sanders is stuck under that contract. They don't even have a way out of it. I think kind of by default, Chuba Hubbard might be their starter next year. I don't think that getting a new running back is going to be a priority for this team that has countless holes. So as of now, I'm projecting that Chuba Hubbard is going to get the start uh, to open next year. And he's been pretty good on the touches that he had. Had uh, 23 carries for 83 yards this week. I mean, that's not bad. So he's definitely a player to watch next year. But otherwise, the Panthers are abysmal. The whole team is bad. Receivers were a joke. Bryson was awful. And we're going to see who they hire at head coach and general manager in order to fix this problem because there are so many problems here. Now let's jump into the Eagles and the Giants. <laughs> the Eagles uh, kind of looked awful. <laughs> I am very worried about them going into the playoffs. But they didn't play many relevant players. Devonta Smith was hurt. Jalen Hurts was got hurt during the game. A.J. Brown was forced out with a knee injury. Seems like that could be a problem. But I will say that Kenneth Gainwell looked decent. He's challenged for more work as the year's gone on. He had seven carries, 62 yards, 38% of snaps. We'll see what happens next year. I don't know if they're going to bring back DeAndre Swift. I think that's the big kind of uh, focus for the Eagles this offseason in terms of fantasy. All their other players are locked in. But DeAndre Swift, we will see. He's a free agent. Maybe they'll use the franchise tag. Maybe they'll try to sign him to a long-term deal. Maybe they'll let him walk. And Kenneth Gainwell might get some more opportunities. As for the Giants, the Giants are pretty good under Tyrod Taylor. I will say it's looked better under Tyrod Taylor than it did under Tommy DeVito or Daniel Jones. Just food for thought. I don't know. Either way, Wandale Robinson made kind of a claim for being a real asset in this receiver group. Five catches for 85 yards on six targets, 69% snap share. Uh, I know Darius Slayton technically outproduced him, but I feel like Wandale Robinson is kind of the real dynasty asset moving forward. 
Jalen Hyatt played 13% of snaps and had two targets. So there's no competition between Robinson and Hyatt. The Giants absolutely have to add a number one wide receiver to this team of some kind. I don't know where it comes from, but I think it'll be that wide receiver number one, Wandale Robinson number two. We'll see if they bring back Darren Waller, and then everyone else is just kind of a, you know, Darius Slayton is a good three. Jalen Hyatt is a bust. But let's move on to the Bears and the Packers. Bears and Packers. We talked to, I think I talked endlessly about Justin Fields and all of that. Uh, you can watch the five takeaways video for that. Let's just say I had nothing nice to say about Justin Fields. I went off on the uh, pro fields uh, ag- mob agenda. They have no facts, no evidence, no data to support their conclusions. None at all. They just like Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields too. He seems like a very nice person. You know, I don't make my personnel decisions based on who's the most likable. So I'll just leave it at that. But for the Bears, the other thing to talk about is their running back room. Deonta Foreman has disappeared. Personal issue, it seems like he was benched, didn't like it, and now is a healthy scratch. So he's gone. Khalil Herbert led, I guess, 12 carries for 28 yards, two catches for 13 yards, 48% snap share. Roshan Johnson, five carries for 20 yards, 50% of snaps. I don't think the Bears 2024 starter is one of these two. I think Deonta Foreman will be gone. The other two are under contract and a new running back will come in who will be the favorite to be the starter because these two are not it. We've seen enough of these two to know that they're not it. And I think that they need to bring in someone better than either Khalil Herbert or Roshan Johnson. Again, if they sign someone like Devin Singletary, I'm going to put Devin Singletary as the starter. You know, if they sign someone like Zach Moss, I'm going to assume that Zach Moss is the starter. Just given what I've seen from those guys versus what I've seen from their incumbents. As for the Packers, kind of the opposite. I only have good things to say. Romeo Dubs left this game with a chest injury, and it didn't even matter. Jordan Love went 27 for of 32 for 316 yards and two touchdowns. Christian Watson didn't even play. Romeo Dubs left with a chest injury. It's like it didn't even matter. Jaden Reed had 112 yards. Bo Melton just stepped in and had five catches for 62 on seven targets. Dontavian Wicks had two touchdowns. Tucker Craft remained the workhorse starter at tight end. Three catches for 31 yards, 90% snap share. And then Luke Musgrave also worked in. They have an abundance of riches, and every single one of them, all of them, were either taken in the 2022 or 2023 NFL draft. So they're all under contract through at least 2025, if not 2026. This team has just a plethora of young talent. For fantasy football, though, the big problem is it seems like outside of Jaden Reed, everyone else can just disappear from the game plan on any given game. So for fantasy, it's going to be frustrating. But what that means is that I want Jordan Love. I want the quarterback who's throwing to the receivers. Yeah, I think you'll be able to trust Jordan Love, Jaden Reed, and everyone else will kind of be a mishmash of production, but Jordan Love gets all of that production. Let's uh, step into the Broncos and the Raiders. For the Broncos, was the offense better with Jarrett Stidham? No. Was it much worse? No. Should they rip the Band-Aid off and get rid of what Russell Wilson? Yes, they should. I think they should. I think it's just time for, I don't think they can run it back and fix it 
under Russell Wilson's massive contract. So I think they should take their medicine and avoid guaranteeing another, whatever it is, 36 million, whatever that is to Russell Wilson, avoid that and just move on. So I do think they're making the right choice, even if it essentially makes 2024 a lost season. However, I think there will be some changes to the running back room. Javante Williams was the only running back who played well in this game, but he still only had a 41% snap share. I think it's time to say that Javante Williams has never really locked down a workhorse role in this backfield. He didn't as a rookie. He didn't as a sophomore before his injury. He hasn't this year, even after he's looked fully healthy. He's never locked down a workhorse role. And I think we would have seen him do it at some point if he was going to. So I don't think he's going to. I think we have to accept that he's more of a committee back and that's just what he is. And that's okay. Someone new is going to come in alongside Samaj P. Ryan and Jaleel McLaughlin. Because those are not good enough. Javante Williams next year is his walk year. So yeah, I think they're going to be looking to move on rather than looking to recommit more to Javante Williams. They're going to bring in their successor. As for the Raiders, again, kind of playing out the string with Aiden O'Connell. He's just a backup. But I do like what I saw from Trey Tucker. Five catches for 79 yards and five targets in a rushing attempt for 11 yards. 64% snap share. Totally overtaken Hunter Renfro for that third receiver role in recent weeks. If there's a chance Devontae Adams is gone, and yeah, they'll bring in another receiver. But there is no replacing Devontae Adams if he leaves. That You cannot replace Devontae Adams. So Trey Tucker will get more opportunities if Devontae Adams leaves. I think he's looked good. He's flashed in his opportunities. So he's someone I've kind of been talking about as a dynasty dash for a while. Someone I'm interested in, if you get him as a throw-in in a trade, I think he could pay off, especially if they get a good quarterback. Kirk Cousins would be the best case scenario, but we'll see what they do at the quarterback position. They're one of the teams kind of in quarterback purgatory. Seahawks and Cardinals. Now, speaking of a team in quarterback purgatory, I feel like the Seahawks are on that list. I think it's very clear that they can't win with Geno Smith. And that's why my takeaway for the Seahawks is the entire offense is annoying. I just think it's very clear that Geno Smith isn't good enough to bring them much farther than this. Another nine and eight record, second year in a row. This time it wasn't good enough for the playoffs. But I think we see what they can do with Geno Smith. They're not going to progress with Geno Smith, but they have no path to replace him. I don't see what they're going to do. I mean, maybe they'll be able to take a quarterback in the later first round, but they don't have access to the best quarterbacks in the draft. They can't afford a high-priced quarterback free agent. And the entire offense is annoying. It's not a great offense, and there's a lot of weapons in it that a not great offense can't support. Zach Charbonnet could have been a great running back on another team, but he's stuck behind Kenneth Walker forever. Kenneth Walker's never giving up the starting job. Kenneth Walker's just better than Zach Charbonnet. I think they're both starting caliber running backs, but Kenneth Walker's better. So Kenneth Walker is going to keep Zach Charbonnet down forever. As for the receiving core, how DK Metcalf had one catch for 10 yards on six targets, I'll never know. Why JSN only plays on 65% of snaps, I have no idea. Something needs to change here. I don't know what it is, but it just feels like they're going to run it back with Pete Carroll and Geno Smith next year. It's going to be another step. I felt like this year was a step back, even if the record was the same. I feel like next year will be another step back. So I'm not looking forward to this offense. And JSN, 
someone I feel like I might be stuck on the talent of JSN. I just know how talented he is. But I dropped him a little bit in Dynasty. I have him down to Dynasty wide receiver 15. With I'm probably going to have the main three rookies. Uh, Harrison, for sure. Neighbors, for sure. And then probably Odunze ahead of JSN. So he'll probably be around wide receiver 18. But it would really help if either DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett could go away because I don't I don't see JSN like fully breaking out if they just run this offense back. As for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray looked pretty good, but he's lacking a true wide receiver one. However, Michael Wilson stepped up and I think had did enough to say we don't need to bring Hollywood Brown back. He had six catches for 95 yards on six targets, 83% snap share. Trey McBride is the clear, you know, second target or a first target most weeks, second target this week. But those are their top two right now. I think Hollywood Brown is gone. But imagine this offense with Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Neighbors instead of Greg Dortch as the wide receiver, you know, other wide receiver on the outside. Rondell Moore is, is a fine three, I think. 57% of snaps, four for 31 on five targets. He's a good slot receiver, a good three. You have Michael Wilson as your two outside wide receiver. You have Trey McBride as your tight end. What you need is a one. You need a one, and they have access to that at number four. Could be Marvin Harrison Jr. If not, I think Malik Neighbors is potentially worthy of such a high pick. But what I don't think they should do is bring back Hollywood Brown. I just think he's not going to be worth what he costs in free agency. Uh, he's probably out of their price range, not even worth the franchise tag salary. So Michael Wilson, I think, is going to have an opportunity to step up next year as he did this week. Got four games left, so let's hop to the Chiefs and the Chargers. For the Chiefs, they literally played nobody. Nobody. So we can skip them. We'll see how they do in the playoffs next week, but there's literally zero takeaways for the Chiefs. As for the Chargers, Man, Austin Eckler looked like vomit. And I mean, really bad. He had 10 carries for 11 yards. Austin Eckler is, is not just done. Austin Eckler is cooked, completely cooked. 3.5 yards of carry this year. I mean, he was abysmal. Didn't do nearly as much in the receiving game. Just 51 catches for 436 yards. I, I really think Austin Eckler... Unless he realizes that his services are going to cost like three to four million dollars, he's going to end up retired. He's not coming back here. And I think he might just be gone from the NFL. So he's someone in Dynasty. There's no buy low on Austin Eckler. There's no, oh, well, we'll see. No, I think Austin Eckler is, is done, done. Rams versus 49ers. All backups in this game, but I think there was some more interesting stuff than the Chiefs and Chargers game. For the Rams, Carson Wentz made his case for a 2024 backup job, and I think he made a good case. 17 for 20, of 24 for 163 yards, two touchdowns, and 17 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown rushing? I never thought I would... That doesn't sound like Carson Wentz, but he did that. So, yeah, I think he'll be a backup. Could be here. I mean, he's had good rapport, if it sounds like, with Sean McVay, fitting in well on the team. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams try to retain Carson Wentz. It's not like he's going to be a starter. 
but I think he should be their backup. We we can't trust Stetson Bennett. Nobody even knows where he is. So Carson Wentz, I think, has made a good case for the 2024 trustworthy backup job. And I think uh, the Rams would be wise to re-sign him. As for the 49ers, they almost played nobody of importance. But it was nice to see Elijah Mitchell get 15, 14 carries and two receptions. He scored a touchdown. I do think that if Christian McCaffrey ever went down, Elijah Mitchell remains the direct backup ahead of Jordan Mason. That's my only real takeaway from the 49ers. Cowboys versus Commanders. Well, the Cowboys were great and the Commanders were not. <laughs> Cowboys won the division with this victory. Uh, for the Cowboys, I feel like the main thing in flux for them is their backfield. Tony Pollard had 17 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown and two car- uh, catches for 16 yards. 57% snap share. Uh, Rico Dowdle, nine carries for 46 yards, three catches for 54 yards. 36% snap share. I think it's interesting to see what happens in 2024. There's no commitment to either of these guys. Dowdle, you know, no contract really. Uh, Tony Pollard, unrestricted free agent. I do think that this is one kind of like Joe Mixon where it's up in the air. I think there is a possibility that Tony Pollard is back. I think it would have to be on a relatively team-friendly deal. But there's also a possibility that he's gone. I don't think it's like the Chargers with Eckler where the door is shut. I think there's the door is open here. For Pollard, I'd want him to return. I don't think he's going to find a better spot elsewhere. I do think as much as we... Did Tony Pollard deliver on fantasy RB1 numbers? No. Was Tony Pollard probably still good enough to be a starting running back somewhere in the NFL? Yes. And I think he still has another year of doing that. So I have not ridden Tony Pollard off. But we're talking about someone who's, you know... Not, I mean, I have him in Dynasty at RB23. So we're talking about someone who's more of a middling asset over a high-end asset. As for the commanders, Sam Howell went out with a whimper. 19 of 27 for 153 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, took four more sacks. And he will be replaced by the number two overall pick, which I'm going to assume is Drake May. Could be Caleb Williams. It's one of those two. The commanders are going to be taking quarterback at number two overall. The group delusion is over. Finally, the group delusion of the Commanders fans. All year, I was told, and I usually don't like to dance on a grave, but I was told I don't know anything. I'm an idiot. I don't know nothing. Sam Howell is a franchise quarterback. He will be the starter next year. Blah, blah. It's very clear that he is not going to do that, that he has been bad all year. Counting stats fooled you. He was inaccurate, reckless with the ball. That doesn't last in the NFL. And now he will be where he belongs, which is on the bench. And we'll see how that new role goes for him uh, behind probably Drake May. And of course, Sam Howell's poor play, as we talked about earlier, led to the firing of Ron Rivera, uh, as we talked about. Sam Howell also failed to make any of the receiving weapons fire in this game either. So, yeah, nothing good to say about Sam Howell. And I am happy for Terry McLaurin that Drake May is coming in and maybe he'll finally have a usable quarterback. Last game, Bills versus Dolphins. Uh, Well, Gabe Davis left this one with knee injury. We talked about that earlier. But for the Bills, Josh Allen had a game for the ages. 
30 for of 38 for 359 yards, two touchdowns, and 15 for 67 rushing. James Cook did not. You know, he only had 16 touches, turned him into 52 yards, 62% snap share. Leonard Fournette was involved. I do think this showed that if the Bills are willing to run this offense, Stefan Diggs might be willing to come back. I don't know what was going on, but now he finally got back to 88% snap share. That's better. It's there. I think his complaints were heard, you know? Dalton Kincaid, 7 of 84 on 8 targets, 55% snap share. It still makes no sense. He needs to get more involved. But if the conversation with Stefan Diggs was had and this is what happens during the playoffs, I think Stefan Diggs will be back. There's no problem with this usage share, the snap share, and all that. If it's like what it was, if this was the aberration and we go back to what it was over the last five weeks next week, then Stefan Diggs will be gone. That this is the involvement that he wants. If they're promising him this, I think they'll be able to keep him. They're not, if this is not what they want and this was a one game aberration, then they won't. Uh, as for the Dolphins, Devon Achan is a star, but Jeff Wilson also looked good. He uh, had 10 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown and one catch for five yards, 63% snaps. I like him a lot. We'll see what happens next year. If he can be a starter in this offense, uh, we know that he'll be an RB1, just given how good the Dolphins' offense is, especially in opening up lanes for the rushing game. And right now, I have him at Dynasty RB6. And I, given the strength or lack thereof of this rookie class, I think he'll be above all the rookies coming in. Now, if you like this video, make sure to like the video, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notifications bell so you can be notified about all future content. If you want to support my content, make sure to check out the Patreon, top right corner, comments below and in the video description. And of course, check out all of my solo content on the channel. We're doing lots of great videos, Dynasty Buys, Sells, Stashes, Tiers, Rankings, all of that. It's all going to be on here. We're going to break down rookies. We're going to do all of that throughout the offseason. And uh, yeah. I just appreciate everyone in the audience, everyone who supported the channel throughout the season and supported this show in specific. And yeah, I just am very appreciative and I will see you all as I produce my videos throughout the off season. So we're getting ready for the peak dynasty content, our non-point scoring season as Dynasty Outhouse would say. And I'm here to provide content and enjoy it all with you guys. But until next time, I'll see you all later. Peace out.